And now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to 2021, I think. Um, I'm Ali Shilton. And I'm Steffi Barnett, and on our first show of the year, the Brickstow Five. Uh, Alan is back with a catch-up from the project. I speak to Shan, Sam and Harriet to catch up on lockdown over the last six months. And we've got our first of our Queer Story minicast coming up for you. You'll want to wait for that one. All today, right here on Shout Out. We haven't done that in ages. It's so nice to be able to do that again live, isn't it? So. <laughs> it is. It's good fun. So. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello Stefatha. Hello, Andrew. So, hello, Rose. Lovely to see hello. you. Um, Andy's hello. here as well. Hello, hello mate. Hello, everyone. Um, and hello, Terry. Good evening. So, quite a few of us tonight. It's quite nice. So, did we? I say yeah. that we all have a good like like New Year. I mean, uh, ours was quite. I don't know. If yours was the same. <laughs> yep. It was yeah, like, I did get a, a, couple of, a couple of drinks, but that was ready. It can't go anywhere, can't have anyone over, so it's just a quiet lockdown mm. New Year. I did, did anyone... have a little bit of a dance around me, around my living room. And, living room. Um, I, yes, yes, I had a new little um, sort of toy, a nice, a nice speaker. So, um, I'm glad you clarified speaker. that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, batteries not included. <laughs> Batteries. Did, um, did anyone see the London fireworks with the drones? Oh, it was absolutely no. amazing. If you didn't, it's still on BBC iPlayer. Have, have, go have a look. It, it, it was amazing. Didn't just have fireworks. They had these like drones lighting up things in the sky. Um, oh, and doing like shapes and, and stuff. They had like a flying turtle at one point and um, um, the old chap, bless him, who raised millions of pounds walking up and down his garden. I mean, it didn't look like him because it was, yeah, it was a drone, drones thing. But really, really good. Yeah. Well worth um, have a look at. So... Oh, anyway, um, we are kind of like as as live, albeit um, a day before uh, recording this. Um, but it's nice we can actually hear backing tracks and actually all talk together and the like. So, um, Pat, yes. Pat, um, show coming up, which is great because um, with lockdown, there's not as much going on as uh, there usually would be, is there? But um, um, should we head straight over and kick off? Um, let's catch up with Alid and Brigstow. My five on shout out. Hello, everybody. It's Lauren from Brigstow. Um, I hope everyone is well and everybody is keeping safe. I'm here today to talk to you about Brigstow's Type 2 Diabetes Peer Mentoring Service. So we have an amazing group of individual trained volunteers, all uh, living with type 2 diabetes, who volunteer their time with us to give one-to-one support to um, another person who also has type 2 diabetes who may have either just been diagnosed or perhaps living with um, the condition for some time and the whole point is for the volunteer 
the peer mentor to meet with you and share experiences, share their experiences, share information um, and uh, just, well, just a chance for you to, to have a chat. Now, these meetings at the moment are, are happening on Zoom and telephone due to lockdown. And we're really looking forward to um, having the meetings happen face to face again as soon as we can. But I'm, I'm going to pass over to one of our amazing mentors, Zia, who can tell you a little bit more about the project and what he does as a mentor. OK, over to you, Zia. I saw a poster about volunteers needed for Diabetes 2 mentoring service. I decided to find out about it. Very soon I enrolled and trained to become a mentor with Brigstore, the mentoring charity. When I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes years ago, there was very little support available. I thought if I can help a diabetic to improve their health, then that would give me personal satisfaction. I meet up with a mentee about once a week over a cup of tea. Of course, under the 19 pandemic, we can only meet via the phone or the internet. We discuss diabetes and its effects, general health, food, diets, hobbies, the weather, and lots more. Together, we set goals, goals that are a very good way of achieving your objectives. One can see the result as mentoring progresses. And the positive progress can be very satisfying. Sometimes small changes to your lifestyle on a regular basis can bring out big results. The meeting is friendly. I give suggestions and ideas on how to improve the effects of diabetes. Diabetes too can be improved or even put into remission if action is taken in the early stages. My last mentee was a very sceptical person about our service. His first reaction was, what can you tell me that I don't know? After about four months of mentoring, he could not praise me and Brickstore enough and, and the mentoring service. He reduced his diabetes readings to pre-diabetic and also lost some weight. I can tell you that he had a big smile on his face. I enjoy being part of the mentoring team. I meet new people. We meet regularly to discuss how we're doing. We learn from each other over a cup of tea, of course. There is more training available if you wish to participate in it. The support given by Brickstore is tremendous. So please come forward to be a mentee or a mentor. If you have a story you could tell in five minutes, get in contact. Visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt.
Shout Out. LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Emeralds. And uh, that man. You know, I've been calling you for about two days now. There's a really weird ending this. It just literally stops this song. Yeah, I really do, you know, because I think of you and... Uh, you like that one, Steph? I do, I do. And I reckon that we're going to mirror the 1920s. <laughs> what, the whole way through the show? No, the, the whole decade. I think we're mirror the 1920s. You know what happened in the, the Roaring Twenties? We called that for a reason. Yeah, yeah. And what did that follow? I the don't pandemic. know. I wasn't around back then, like you. <laughs> the Spanish, the Spanish flu pandemic that yeah. wiped out a lot of Europeans. <laughs> It, it did. Maybe just... we'll have new cocktails invented and all sorts of things, and uh, women in, fla- in flapper dresses and all those sorts of um, yep. Yep. sort of stuff. So I reckon that hundred years on, we're going to go into another Roaring Twenties. Roaring Twenties. Sounds fun. Anyway, have you caught up with some uh, friends of the show? I did, Shannon, Sam and little Harriet We've been following, in fact, since Harriet was in the womb um, And uh, this is what they had to say Well, our listeners might remember Family Grieve If you were listening six months ago I know, usually we have a three-month catch-up with the family um, But it's gone six months Probably due to multiple lockdowns and other issues on the station but we've got Shan, Sam, and our adopted little girl, Harriet. <laughs> How are you all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you want to take the lead on this one, Harriet, and then we'll just jump in if... Uh... Yeah. So how, you've, you've just got home from school, Harriet, yeah? <laughs> oh, oh we, got, we got tears. <laughs> I don't want to see. Schools must have been traumatic. <laughs> Have you ever watched that little video of the kiddie that's like, as the interview on the news, and they're like, how is yep. it? And he's like, good, and next minute he bursts into tears. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly what it's just like. <laughs> oh, bless. Yeah. We oh, dear. I think that they're laughing, they're laughing at her when she's like, yeah, good. <laughs> Didn't help. Oh, don't be silly. Come on. I do Go on, you go on. Go on. But I want somebody to go with me. No, we were having an interview. (laughs) Take your take your uniform with me. Where's your um? No, you're staying there, are you? All right. Well, that went well. (laughs) (laughs) So, what's happened over the last six months? I know a lot's happened to the planet, but um, your yourself as a family unit, how have you been coping through multiple lockdowns? And how's little Harriet been at school? Um, it's been not too bad as far as Harriet going, because she wasn't nursery. We had the summer off, as, as well as it could have been. Um, but as soon as she started school, she knows no different, the whole dropping her at a school gate. Like, we haven't even been in to see, like, her classroom and stuff and see what, even meeting the teacher, it's all been over Zoom. Um, but she knows no difference. So for her, I think it's sort of for the best that she wasn't, like, an older child going through all that. Yeah. Um, it's how did she take though? Because obviously she must notice things like mask wearing and that. Did she? Did she question that? We haven't sort of unnecessary for her to go into shops. We did take her in sort of in the summer, but since then it was just there's just no need. She doesn't want to wear a mask, but she knows Sam wears a mask every day at work, and I've got to be in um, full PPE for work as well. So sort of we know that she knows we have to do that for our job. 
Okay. But okay. the teachers don't wear masks, so... Mm. Right. I don't know if that will change this week. I don't know if it's going to change this week. They haven't sort yeah. of... Because she should have gone back to school today. Yeah. They've asked us to keep them off today, and then only key worker children or vulnerable children to go in, but both me and Sam being key workers... Yes, yeah. She's going to have to go yeah. to school. Yeah. Um, we've just literally just had an email through saying that literally their class will be 10 children in it, and then that's it. Okay. Right, Sam, what you do is quite important. How's that been over the last six months? Um, yeah, it's been um, it's been really full on, actually. Um, it's been quite a crazy year, to be fair, hasn't it? As a chemist, have you been sort of um, taken on by the NHS to start giving vaccinations? Or is that something that you, you're, you as a chemist would not do? Um, well, it's, it's quite a fast moving thing, really, because a couple of weeks ago, if you'd have asked me the question, I'd have said... No, we're not doing it in community pharmacy because of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine isn't really appropriate. Mm. Um, but now that the Oxford vaccine's been um, authorised to be used, um, the chances of us supporting seem a lot, lot higher. Um, right. There's, I certainly know of some of my colleagues that have been vaccinating alongside sort of doctors and local in local nhs hubs um because we are all vaccine trained because uh, we provide the flu flu jab oh okay um, how have you um, how have you been as a family have you have you stayed sort of illness free yeah we've been really lucky haven't we um, we have we had we thought at one point uh, we all had to get tested just because harriet showed symptoms um, but it was just a kid's temperature. It was just wasn't a it? kid's temperature. But obviously, with us both being in out being key workers, we all had to get tested. Luckily, the results came back so quick that mm. it went right straight back to work again. Mm. Um, I think when it first went for lockdown, my my job initially got delayed of my start date, um, so I couldn't start my job um, because there's no way to get people trained up and stuff. So I was just at home with Harriet with nowhere to go apart from an hour exercise like everybody else mm. that took a toll because I was, I was thinking I have to homeschool her and I have to do this and I have to get her ready for school so it was like a lot of pressure there mm. when really the school sent an email out saying they just need to be okay and everything that they need will be taught to them in school okay um so it was like oh okay then and so I got sort of laid off the sort of I think he needed a bit of structure to the day because it was a lot so I was getting ready still and going out to work if she could or mm. working working trying to support um remotely but it was just yeah it was not okay was it no, no it's been, it's been a full on year isn't it it has yeah how was um not because because you're both in kent at the moment which is bad um severe disruption uh -huh. um, you were put straight into tier four along with london um how did that affect you with getting home to bristol for your family shan well, we'd sort of, we, I think Sam knew, I had a slight little like, it'd be all right, it'd be all right, to sort of try and convince my mum, like, not to go and buy too much Christmas food. And she's like, well, let's not make a decision to the 16th of December. But I think Sam already knew that it wasn't a case of we weren't going to go into Bristol at all. Yeah. So then when it came out that you could only mix then on Christmas Day, if that, if I hadn't already told my parents at the time that we weren't going to be coming down, mm. um, I think it would have hit me harder, but I think with Sam sort of reiterating, it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. Um, so we haven't even wrapped our Christmas presents that are for Bristol. We haven't sent anything down. Oh, So okay. my parents sent down, and not my sister and that sent down some bits for Harriet, but she's still got the rest of her presents from the family in Bristol. 
in Bristol. And we will have another Christmas. Well, I think it's after Easter. I think it looks like. I think we'll actually, <laughs> yeah. I think I think Easter is going to be quite special for a lot of people. Where because mm. um, I know in my family there's a postponed Christmas where we're going to have the grandkids um, yeah. who've been stuck up in um, in Windsor. So I think you're right. I think Easter is going to be quite a big celebration. Uh, and there was somebody who said about the the Roaring Twenties because the Spanish flu was uh, was around in nineteen. 1918, 1919, and as you're aware, that killed an awful lot of people because they didn't have the facilities or the wherewithal as we've got now, so it decimated the European population. Um, But the Roaring Twenties followed that. And you know what happened there? The whole of Europe was like, it was one big party from Monday to Sunday. <laughs> it was like <laughs> nightclubs were springing up everywhere. It was it was crazy. Um, and somebody said that that could be the likely scenario as we actually go into the 20s again. A hundred years on. Yeah, that is, uh, yeah, real, real spooky. But it's like, I don't want to go out clubbing. Or I, I just want to be able to sit with my friends and have a glass of wine. Yeah, but you're cra- you're cracking on. Yeah, I was just gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're catching up with me now, Shan. <laughs> you ain't you ain't the little innocent six. Well, I don't know about innocent sixteen-year-old when I first met you in the mall at Cribs. <laughs> I don't think you've ever been innocent. I think you come out of the womb cheeky. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> Middle child, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, always a problem, Sam. Always a problem. <laughs> but they've been okay health wise? Yeah, to be honest, like my mum, I phoned my mum before, which, oh, this lockdown, it does my bloody head in. <laughs> right? In her Bristolian accent. Well, just, you you don't it. have to put on a Bristolian <laughs> accent. I know, I'll be like, mum, you need to wear a face mask. So she'll be at the mall and she'll be like, oh, I bloody hate it. And like, she's one of those people that would like drop her face mask to talk and then put it back up. You're like, mother. Either stay in the ice or wear your PPE. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, she's absolutely terrible. And then like, my dad was like, I'm not taking her out. If I don't oh, take her brilliant. out of the car, then she doesn't have to go anywhere. So then she was like, oh, walk up that hill to Shire. So she, yeah, she's, yeah. So stubborn, isn't she? So stubborn. But I think it sort of really hit home. I think the not coming in for Christmas, it mm. absolutely devastated her. And that was, I think, was the final straw for her of like, actually, this is, it's really bad and we need to take, yeah. take Caroline. Yeah. I'm like, mum, we should have done this months ago. But yeah, like, touch wood, there's been no everyone's managed to keep safe um and uh, how's um how's harriet been out of school entertained as usual and doing plenty of stuff you managed to get out a lot yeah see we've got the beach that's not too far away we're right next to a big field in a park but also we've got like some castles that i've got a membership to the english heritage that's very great up for me oh, okay um, but, um, yeah cracking on a bit um and they've kept their outdoor like kids trails one of the castle big outdoor so if you go to a park there's loads of children now they can't sort of you can't control it as when you book into the castle for the day they limit the amount of people that that are allowed to come in right so you can go in the whole place and not see anybody so we spent a lot of time walking around warmer castle warmer castle it's lovely bit of time at the beach but just go into like the woods and stuff mm. but there's loads of stuff on pinterest scavenger hunts and all this that and the other so do you know one thing i'm really pleased about shan is all the time you've been away from bristol you haven't lost your accent you've <laughs> you've still got the the shirehampton avonmouth lawrence yeah. western slang it's wonderful <laughs> 
I can't hear it myself, but then when <laughs> when little one comes home from school and she's trying to teach me the phonics because that's a whole other level of teaching where she's got to do a sound. Okay. And she's like, "Oh, that's Bristolian." Oh yeah, no! I know, babe. I know. But <laughs> if I look back at videos of Harriet when she was little, she spoke with the strongest Bristolian accent. Um, and I look at videos and I'm laughing to myself because she does sound like a miniature me, but I was the one over her. Yeah. As we're yeah. now, she's gone to school mixing with all people from Kent. Do you yes. Know what I mean? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't say bad. But the thing is, a lot of Kent have got a slight Essex twang, haven't they? Um, if, if, I'm surprised that she hasn't picked up a little bit of Essex. It, it depends on what part, what part of Kent you're in. Oh, you're but in the really posh bit, are you? Well, we're just in a little village, so I think if you sort of went like two miles to a sort of a dodgy part of Folkestone or something, it might be. Might no, be I think it's more uh, North Kent that, that get the, the oh, Essex twang, yeah, because they're on the edge of London. Yeah. It's, yeah. I work in Essex as well, don't I? Um, and yeah, I, I listen to some of the people I work with in Essex, and I think, gosh, that is strong. Yeah. There is that village, that, that there's a village, right? called Elsham not far from here right and when I met this woman I said oh what part of the south, southwest are you from and she went I'm not I'm from Elsham and this is this like village is like don't in, in talk a, badly of people from Elsham their own accent this has a west country accent I'm not going to give out your address yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> okay, yeah, but we, we'll be going on to the Isle of Thanet accent in a minute. <laughs> no, they really will. They really will come and get us if we start talking about. Oh, Thanet. yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah. They're a rough bunch over there in Margate and Ramsgate. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Broadstairs. <laughs> oh, of course not. My nan was from Broadstairs. Decided this year we're going to be more outdoorsy. Oh, we, we, okay. We bought, a tent. we bought a tent in the summer because we couldn't go on holiday. And Sam's determined to get into camping because me and Harriet love it. So now we've got all the gear and no idea. Um, <laughs> Can you actually put the tent up? Oh, the tent's amazing. It's inflatable. Oh. It goes up in 10 minutes. It's inflatable. Wow. It's massive. It's got, it, well, I was thinking, oh, it'd be a couple hundred quid next minute. Sam's like, oh, I like that one. I was like, it's 800 pounds for a tent. Whoa. But it's whoa. got blackout pods, and she's like, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it properly. So we need to use it now. So I'm literally yeah. there, sleeping bags have just turned up. Wow, a blow up tent. It's just as well you've got big lungs, Shan. <laughs> Not lungs, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. No, you really? <laughs> you don't even want to hear about the sleeping bags. <laughs> um, are they blow up as well? No, they're not. But she gets in her sleeping bag, right? And said, God, so much room in these sleeping bags. <laughs> I was like, No, there's not. There's not a room in the sleeping bag. She said, well, yeah, yes, I can get Harry in with me. I said, well, then let her sleep with you then. Because I was like, I just have these boobs that have to fit in the tent, uh, in the sleeping bag. There's not much room in mine. <laughs> but she couldn't pack it away as quick as me, though. She wasn't doing Yeah. So. Right, thank you so oh. much, Shan, Sam, and um, and a very tearful Harriet. And hopefully... Bye. Bye, Harriet. Bye. Bye. <laughs> so see you soon, Steph. No, 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 no. <laughs> nothing more coming. Okay. <laughs> Thank you both. Thank you so much. Lovely to see you. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. 
There you go, that is uh, Jeannie Barton and uh, Without You Tonight. Technically, that's actually a Christmas song, but <laughs> you may not have noticed that. So. I did hear, hear a Santa in there somewhere. Oh. Yeah, it's a nice one, though. Nice track, that. I, I really like it that. It is very nice. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how I ended up with one of her CDs, but I was having a clear out earlier, and I kind of stumbled across it, and I was like, "Oh, I actually quite like that. That's quite nice." So I was, was going to say on CD. Yeah, CD. That's, that's, that, that was why I was having a clear out. <laughs> <laughs> and can I just point out? I think we ought to stop Steph from interviewing those poor people because it seems to be making them very old. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely upsetting the child. <laughs> uh, we won't go into inflatable bits. So, shall we get some news headlines, everyone? Are we ready? Why not? This is Shoutout News on Thursday, the 7th of January. Them, an online magazine for LGBTQ politics and equality, reports on a major step forward in a country which many of us have visited, but where there is still much public intolerance of diversity, with over 40% of people saying that homosexuality should not be tolerated. That country is Greece, where, despite its rich past of gender diversity and ancient experiments in democracy, attitudes lag behind those of Western Europe. Now, a pro-Western and pro-liberal politician, Nicholas Yatramalakis becomes the first gay man and the first LGBTQ person to be appointed to a cabinet position in the Greek government. He has been selected to be the next Deputy Minister of Culture. He was congratulated online by many members of the community in Greece and also by political commentators, one of whom noted that it was high time that Greece enjoyed the benefits of having a more diverse cabinet, and this person noted that it could help solve some of the country's problems. The new 117th US Congress in the most diverse in history. Mondaire Jones and Richie Torres, the two new congressmen from New York, have become the two first gay black members of Congress. Eleven queer and transgender people now serve in the House and Senate, including two openly LGBTQ plus senators and nine House representatives. Mondaire Jones was also voted the leader of the incoming class of Congress people, making him the first gay person to hold the prestigious title. Mondaire said that his life had come a long way from his modest upbringing. He thanked, in his own words, the community that raised me from Section 8 housing all the way to the halls of Congress. And in other news, the national gay radio station Gadio reports that four years after the death of gay singer and all-round philanthropist, me, sorry, philanthropist George Michael, the classic Christmas single he wrote, namely Wham's Last Christmas, has topped the charts. With over nine million downloads in Christmas week, the festive feel-good single has set a new record the longest time taken to reach number one, in this case, 36 years. Wham! originally released the track in 1984, but it was held off the top slot by, by a single that George Michael and bandmate Andrew Ridgely also took part in, Band-Aid's famine relief charity single, Do They Know It's Christmas. 
George Michael passed away in 2006, but after his death, the full extent of his kindness became known. He gave away vast sums of money to charity and did much voluntary work himself. For example, he cooked at a local homeless hostel, disguising his identity so no one would recognise him. He surely deserves the accolade, a gay hero. And finally, the United Kingdom is in lockdown this week, meaning that most people are required to stay at home, save for some limited exceptions such as shopping for essentials, getting exercise and seeking medical attention. There are slight differences in Wales, Scotland and England, but the broad brushstrokes are the same. As with the last lockdown, many people will be feeling uneasy or anxious at developments. But our experiences from the past can inform how we can deal resiliently with the current situation. If you feel that your mental and emotional well-being is suffering from lockdown blues, especially now that it coincides with January's traditionally cold and dark outlook, then please do not suffer in silence. Pick up the phone and call the Samaritans on 116123. Or there is the National LGBT Switchboard on 0300, I beg your pardon, yes, 0300 330 0630. That's 0300 330 0630. Charities and voluntary organisations will be continuing throughout the lockdown, offering their care and support, although services may be being delivered online for a while. Community radio stations and the LGBTQ media will be here as well, so why not turn off the rolling news channels and join us for some different entertainment? Above all, remember that as a community, we have been through much worse, and our experiences can help all of society get through the coronavirus situation. Stay safe and stay well. For these news stories and more, you can always check out our website at shoutoutradio.lgbt. For Shoutout News, this has been Terry Starr. And I've been Rose France. Shoutout News. National and international LGBT news for you. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Well, nice way to kick off the year. That's like Everything Stops at Tea by Professor uh, Elemental. So I thought you'd like that one. <laughs> it's a bit, bit, bit kind of like old fashioned, like, isn't it? But, but it's cool. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there's definitely, there's definitely a, a, a bit of a, a sort of a theme going on here, isn't there, tonight? And I think Steph's, uh, Steph's sort of uh, roaring 20s. Um. Rose, I'm trying to make Steph feel young again. Is, is it working? <laughs> no, no, I mean, I mean her theory about, you know, the end of the pandemic and the roaring 20s, etc. <laughs> So I can't hear a word she's saying. I think she's got herself muted again, isn't she? Oh, I've got her muted. Hang yeah. on, there we go. Oh, oh. that'd be me. <laughs> Sorry. Well, slap. <laughs> what I said was, it's very spooky that the choice of music tonight is very 20s, and yet me and Andy didn't speak about the music choice. It's purely no. Andes. No, we didn't. Oh, so. There we go. Anyway, we've got a brand spanking new feature um, about to start now, and um, uh, this is the lovely Hans. I could, I, I've listened to this. I could listen to her like talk like this for hours. Hours on end, so this is brand Careful, new feature. Andy, you're um, gay. <laughs> I said, listen. <laughs> um, this is um, well. Do you want to introduce this, Steph? 
Yeah, it's a brand new series um, about queer queer story is how we pronounce it rather than queer story um, because it is a mix of queer and and history and this is the first one and it's all about Anne Lister. and welcome to Queer Story, a new podcast dedicated to bringing insight into some of the most incredible LGBTQIA plus people throughout time. This pod will be a two-parter, as will some others no doubt, because everyone that will be talked about lived extraordinary lives and their stories need to be told in detail. Episode 1, Anne with an E. No, this pod is not about Anna Green Gables, rather Anne Lister, a fiercely strong and independent woman born in 1791 and who declared in her diaries, I love and only love the fairer sex. Anne lived her life as an out and proud lover of women. She wouldn't have used the word lesbian because it had not yet been coined. Homosexual acts were still very much illegal at that time, however, this almost completely focused on relationships between men. The majority of society accepted that women enjoyed the company of women, but still, sexual relationships between women were largely unacknowledged. And more recently, Anne Lister became a little more well-known due to the book The Secret Diaries of Miss Anne Lister, which are known as the Dead Sea Scrolls of Lesbian History because they changed everything. And along with that book has been the brilliant writing by Sally Wainwright, who dedicated years of her life to researching Anne Lister, as well as working alongside Helena Whitbread and Emma to create the TV programme Gentleman Jack. When watching Gentleman Jack, it was then that I was made aware of just how incredible Anne Lister was, and when I began to read more about her and her life, it was the first time I realised she didn't just write a diary. She invented her own code, so that she could write exactly what she was thinking and feeling, expressing her feelings towards local women, her loves, her losses, and her sex life. She had a beautiful mind that worked in very unique ways, that allowed her to have complete privacy in a time where women like her were generally hiding their true feelings regarding their sexuality. And of course, in today's society, people still have fears around coming out. Anne was bold and didn't ever feel a need to hide her love for the fairer sex. However, she still wanted a place where she could write anything she wished without the fear of prying eyes. And to be honest, that's not much different to the diaries we use now. Although, of course, we didn't write in code, or don't. When Anne had passed away, her cousin John Lister found her diaries hidden in her office wall. He managed to decipher it, and when realising that Anne was indeed a lesbian, he took the diaries and hid them again. Fortunately for everybody, they were rediscovered, and eventually through the very hard work of codebreakers, we have been able to have access to them, which has enabled us to have an incredibly detailed insight into the world of Anne Lister. I would like to start part one from the very beginning. And since childhood, Anne had been different. She was an unimaginable tomboy who exasperated mother, sent her off to boarding school at age seven. Anne was unable to be controlled by her family and refused to adhere to society's expectations of what it meant to be a woman. She hated being asked to look and dress in a feminine manner and never held her opinions back. <laughs> I'm very unladylike, eh? 
Uh, once at school, the teachers feared she would influence the other girls with her rebellious behaviour, and so in her teens she was confined to an attic bedroom where she lived in virtual seclusion. And so her diaries became her closest confidant. Feeling alone in a world where she didn't quite fit in, she poured her deepest thoughts onto the pages of her diaries, and she wrote at one point, I feel relief from unburdening my mind on paper. Her diaries were incredibly detailed. Everything she had learned that day would be recorded, including Greek algebra, French mathematics, ge geology, astronomy and philosophy. And possessed a vicarious intelligence and at a time where women were barred from universities, she was determined to learn everything and man was able to. And why shouldn't she? Now that her diaries have been decoded, we know that Anne's first sexual experience was with a fellow pupil, Eliza Rain, who was sent to live with her in the school's attic. Eliza was the illegitimate half-Indian daughter of an English surgeon and was another outcast. And so, when thrown together, the 15-year-olds had embarked on a passionate love affair right under their teachers' noses. Because, of course, nobody thought that two young women would ever be anything more than friends. Wink. <laughs> the word Felix was written in both of their diaries, meaning happy in Latin. This was a unique way to record their sexual encounters, but Anne wanted to record everything in a lot more detail. And this is where she first devised her code from Greek and Latin mathematical symbols, punctuation and the zodiac signs to disguise her innermost thoughts. And this just hadn't ever been done before. Complexities within the relationship arose when Anne became more confident about her sexuality, which she described as her oddity. She decided she wanted more women and it was then that she rejected Eliza, which sent Eliza into a deep depression. You can little know what pain you have given me, wrote the heartbroken Eliza, distraught at Anne's change of heart. And indeed, she never recovered and was eventually committed to what was then known as a lunatic asylum. And Anne, although appearing regretful, soon became fixated with another woman, the daughter of a local doctor. Anne was totally uninterested in society's expectations and felt she should have everything a man could have, including a wife. She met Mariana and she ended up becoming one of the biggest loves of Anne's life and a woman whom Anne dedicated years of literal and emotional time to. It created quite the scandal at the time, but Anne fought hard for her love in the hope that they would be able to set up home together. However, Anne's hopes were dashed when Mariana eventually married a man, which Anne did not take well at all. She chose to attend the wedding and on her return she poured out her heart into her diaries, where she wrote that she believed Mariana was no different to a prostitute when saying she believed herself or seemed to believe herself over head and ears in love, yet she sold herself to another. After many years, they reconnected and their romance began again. They were allowed to spend nights together, and one evening, when Mariana was in bed with toothache, and sneaked into her bedroom. She herself suggested a kiss. I thought it dangerous and would have declined, but she persisted, she wrote, and their love affair had been reignited. Over the ensuing years, it would continue through clandestine meetings and dozens of emotionally charged letters. Sat up lovemaking, Anne wrote one evening after a night spent with Mariana. She asked me to swear to be faithful, to consider myself as married. I shall now begin to think and act as if she were my wife. 
But Anne's hopes were dashed again. She decided to make a surprise visit to Mariana, but this didn't go the way she'd hoped. Mariana's family were present when Anne arrived with many gifts, and this caused Mariana to pull back. A few weeks later, whilst lying in bed with one another, Mariana turned to Anne and told her she was ashamed to be seen in public with such a masculine-looking woman. And as tears rolled down Anne's cheeks, Mariana did nothing to comfort her. The relationship was never the same after this. Anne was utterly heartbroken, and in her diary she wrote, O women, women, I am always taken up with some girl or another. When shall I amend? I cannot live without female company, without someone to interest me. Anne's life went on from here with many twists and turns, some of them truly extraordinary, such as her single-handedly saving her aunt and uncle's business. But that will have to wait for part two. And if you have any suggestions for who you'd like covered, don't hesitate to tweet at shoutout underscore radio. Thank you for listening and I'll be back soon. information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT Radio for you. The Shoutout Podcast. That's the lovely um, Ohuli and Tido there with their Gentleman Jack. So I've interviewed them years ago. Lovely, yeah, lovely couple. Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, they're um, great. Yeah, they're really good. I've got a jingle from them somewhere, actually. I probably should have shut in the show, <laughs> but never, never mind. So that's their original version as well, because I know that the BBC kind of like jazzed it up a little bit. Um, but that, that's the original there. So um, I don't know about you. I love the story of Anne Lister. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Yes, yeah, absolutely amazing, amazing. Yeah, yeah they didn't didn't include um, a fair amount of what was translated in the BBC series because it was far too rude to do so. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess yeah. I guess that's the the beauty of a, um, a secret like um, un, 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 um, what am I after encrypted language. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, um, I think there's a, a second series. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is a there. Yep, so, series is two there? is coming. Oh, yeah. nice. yeah. Do we know when? Don't I don't know. know actually. I don't know whether they tried to start it and then lockdown happened. Uh, Wouldn't pro- surprise me. Yeah. yeah, it is kind yeah. of like a little bit era of repeats at the moment, isn't it? But yeah. then I suppose yeah. that's, that's right. Know. I mean, I, I don't mean, envy actually, the BBC. They do quite a good job. I mean, it's like you watch EastEnders, and it's virtually like you know that they're actually doing it all with social distancing and the like. But yeah. you don't really know, would you? No, exactly. Very clever. Very clever. Yeah. Actually, on a, on another uh, lesbian writer um, theme, Traces is on uh, BBC iPlayer, which is by Val McDermott, um, oh, and uh, right, it's yes, a well. sort of crime series. But I, I highly recommend it. I watched mm. it yesterday, the whole six parts, <laughs> and it was really, really great. So uh, again, I think very, we, we, we interviewed her as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't ago, remember. I've, her, yeah. I know I've I've met her, but I can't remember interviewing her. But yeah, she's no, I have. She's yeah, we, we interviewed her oh, on well shout done. out a few few years ago. Yeah, she's um yeah brilliant uh, brilliant brilliant writer. So yeah, uh, but so. yeah, part two of that coming when Steph. Um, part two will be um, exactly this time in a month's time. So the first week of February will be part two. Oh, cool. Mm. To oh. wait till then. And uh, LGBT History Month then as well, isn't it? Yep. So, yeah. A bit, a bit of a different one this year. Yeah. yeah. I would imagine a bit yeah. more virtual. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So... 
But a virtual history month will be an interesting challenge. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this year goes um, and when we can get back to like meeting. Because like, I mean, we had a birthday last year and we haven't celebrated yet because we want to celebrate with you, our listeners. But um, I'm, yeah. I'm sure we will. Yeah. Got to do it sometime do it soon before you know step pops the clogs. You know. <laughs> yeah, you better, you better get a move on. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Andy, it's, it's my birthday in July, and um, my Zimmer wheels are starting to wear out, so I need a new Zimmer frame. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to ask why they're wearing out. <laughs> you don't want to know. No. <laughs> Speedy right back. <laughs> I say I can see the skin marks in your carpet but that might not be the right thing to say (laughs) (laughs) probably not what's the carpet the euphemism for then Andrew (laughs) I don't think we dare repeat that on air back to secret (laughs) oops too late (laughs) I don't hold the record come on Terry Terry really took us down a step or two was it last week last week I think it was wasn't it <laughs> yeah, it was a good few steps. It was a nice, it was pleasant. It was fun. Uh, anyway, that is it for our first show of 2021. Um, uh, we're all in lockdown, but we're continuing to bring you shows throughout. Uh, if you do have a subject uh, that you could talk to us about, please, please do get in touch. You can contact us via our website at shoutoutradio.lgbt, where you can also find past shows and information about us. Um, apparently, next week we're dragging up. That's going to be interesting. So, uh, but for myself and the rest of the team, yeah. say bye bye, everyone. Bye. Shout out LGBT Radio for you.